0: I'm on a mission. A mission to speak with the most inspiring people from all over the world. I want to know their stories. I want to know what stories they used to tell. And are those the same stories that they're telling today? Or did they redefine that story to overcome limiting beliefs and achieve their dreams? I want to help them share their stories. Why? Because I know the power of the story. I know that it can make or break you. It can give you the world or it can tear it apart. There's always two sides going down in your head and you get to choose. Will I listen to the one that's trying to stop me or the one that keeps pushing? These are their stories and this is The Stories We Tell. What's up, guys? It's your host, Jamie Messina, and we have an awesome show coming up for you. Thomas Waterman. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation. You know when you just meet somebody and you're like, oh, you're interesting and I want to know more about you. The minute I opened our gate when he came to uh, do the interview, I knew immediately that I couldn't wait to have a conversation with him. Um, That's coming up. But first, I'm super pumped to let you know that this Coming up Thursday, the 24th of February, we are having our first ever live event, The Stories We Tell Live. I have some uh, podcast guests from the past that are going to come on. We're going to dig a little deeper into their story and um, allow you to ask questions as well live on Zoom with us. And I have a brand new one that has yet to be on the podcast, but has a new book coming out. Um, she is a pioneer in the cannabis industry and a uh, very exciting for me to introduce her to you as well. And I'll give you a little sneak peek of some of the names that we have. So Corey Calvin, he was my my first episode. He is the author of um, Jump Without a Parachute and also I Almost Became Me. And then we have uh, Shay Click, my trainer who's busted my ass and um, badass businesswoman coming on and then Jamie Garzo, who I can't wait to introduce you to because the book that she's dropping is not only entertaining and inspiring, but pretty badass uh, if you ask me. So let's just get to the show. But if you want to join us for that, head over to the stories we tell and register. And that's all you got to do. It's free. So now let's get into it with Thomas Waterman. All right, guys, I have with me Thomas. I don't even know his last name because it doesn't matter. It's Thomas Purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it matters. You want to tell us your last name? Waterman. Okay, I actually did know that because I creep your Instagram. But um, Thomas Purpose uh, Waterman. Thomas, a.k.a. Purpose Waterman. I like that with like, the quotes. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and here's the deal. Like, I really don't know a whole lot about you. I know that the universe kind of put you into my perspective and then made you sitting here in my freaking kitchen right now. Um, I did a little bit of research before you came just to check out your site. I know you're a coach, business coach, and that you help people shift their business into like a purpose, like a movement, which is awesome. All the words that you use are just ones that kind of give me the feels. But I'm really excited not because of any of that to have this conversation. It's really because of the first three second interaction <laughs> so I just went to meet him at my gate and immediately like your energy just made me feel like oh I'm excited to have this conversation with you right now so welcome awesome. thank you for joining us um and yeah do you have anything you want
1: to say I received out? that yeah I, yeah I've been feeling a little off the last couple of days and to have an impact energetically on you like that I'm like oh okay I also want to warn you
0: I want to warn you, I might cry today. So I'm going through something this past couple weeks where, um, leaning into it to where like I'm not. Does this ever happen to you? Like your throat chakra, or Maybe it's different for you, but I know something's coming up that I'm supposed to address because I'll have these conversations and then all of a sudden my eyes well, like well up with like tears and my throat will close. And I'm, but I'm not feeling sad. So I, that might happen today. I just want to warn you.
1: <laughs> I, I want to really invite you to to do that and really like. Navigate and express yourself. Yeah, I live for that. Yeah. And, and all my friends know it. Yeah, so, so that's another really...
0: reason I'm excited too. Cool. So um, I just told him a little bit about what we talk about here, which is the stories we tell um, And so I guess my first question for you would be Were you always like this?
1: <laughs> was I always like this? Actually when I was very very young I would say nothing mm-hmm. and do nothing and I would really just observe and I, my, my mom actually thought I was sl- what would be called slow mm. or in, I don't know, whatever the word is these days. I don't know what people are using, but mm. she was moving into an acceptance and like, I'm gonna love my son because I don't think he's gonna talk or whatever. And it was like the first couple of years I was just so chill. Yeah. And then all, and I would like hide behind her leg and the whole deal. And then there was one turning point moment actually. It, it was really like a, like a transformational trigger in the material world that I'm mm-hmm. grateful for. I went galactic bowling, some call Ooh. it cosmic bowling. Okay. And this James Brown song came on. And all of a sudden I started Going from like very reserved to dancing like a crazy person wow. and moving. And I got on the, t- on the chair and I just really came out of my shell and just like boom, I just started moving. And from that moment forward, I really told myself a story that I'm an extrovert, mm-hmm. I get along with people, I can move well. And, and that's really where I think a more positive story began but I did live an older story from maybe ages zero to five. And then from there, that's when I got into mm. athletics and leadership and all that kind of stuff. So
0: so at five years old.
1: Yeah, around five years old, things shifted for me big time. <laughs> I had a early life crisis. Do you, you
0: remember that moment or were you told about that moment?
1: I, I, I remember that moment very significantly. I tell everyone about that moment. Uh, when these, you know, the space is held like you, yeah. are, you are holding. Um, I share it because it's like anything can change mm-hmm. at any given moment. And I'll, what that's why actually, I didn't realize this until now, but this is why I really love embodied practices mm-hmm. versus just like being told something and knowing it in my brain, like actually experiencing something with my body. So I had another awakening in Bali. I lived in Bali in 2019 oh, for yeah, a few months.
0: Cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, was, it changed my life. And really what that opened me up to was Breath work, kirtan, like mantra chanting, a lot of like, uh, oh, ecstatic dance. Very like sober container, full expression, experiencing something beyond the mind through the body. Mm. And it, every single time that I would do that, I feel like I was taking myself to a new story or a new chapter in my story. That's and cool. who would have thought it started with Galactic Bowling Right. Yeah, okay. and James Brown. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so a couple of things come to mind with that. Number number one, I can't wait to talk more about that because the, that's kind of where I'm going is I literally had this conversation over... Uh, we were working at a coffee shop earlier and my friend was like, I want to do things like... And exactly some of the things that you mentioned. And I was like, we should. We should try them out. But an interesting thing is i was really outgoing until i was around five or six and then i switched schools and people may have said a few things that put me back in a shell mm-hmm. and that followed me through till we i told you i started doing the work and but that <laughs> I had the opposite experience around that age
1: wow and, and it can go either way like, exactly. I totally thank you for that context
0: yeah isn't that crazy it's not crazy though. <laughs> like and,
1: i mean it, it's when i think about my life and like what i've become it a lot of it was a build-up of conditioning through my life experiences yes through my external interacting with me and that shaping my mental beliefs about who i am and then so for me and i think it sounds like for you it's just a coming home now mm-hmm. the work is just coming home to who i was when i was conceived yes you know free of distortion back to that organic state you know and from that place like possibilities in the air anything's possible from that place and it doesn't mean I have to be one way or the other it doesn't mean I have to be loud or quiet outgoing or not outgoing whatever it's just the most truest, the most true form
0: mm-hmm. is
1: so beautiful mm-hmm. and whatever that form is the, what is so free of all of the other stuff and I, for me I've been able to really dance with the external so much better because I've gotten back to who I really am I'm less you know I, I can dance with people who don't agree with me because I've returned home. Now I'm like, I don't see them as a threat. Right. I don't see them as, th- I'm like, I, it's a playful banter, right? So yeah, I just think it's a, it's a really beautiful thing to come back home, and I've really found a lot of the coming home through the through the body, through movement, mm-hmm. singing, dance. I love that. Which is crazy, I didn't think I'd ever say that until I went to Bali.
0: So. Oh, so was there a specific moment or something in, in Bali that you can say was like a pivotal moment or that helped you to realize or
1: yeah I feel like for me first it was my first breath work Mm -hmm. I remember I someone walked up to me and said do you want to breathe and I said of course like let's do that he goes come to the back I I go to the back of this restaurant and there's this event space and it's breath work and I don't know what the hell this is (laughs) I have no clue and I, I walk in and we we start kind of moving around being playful and I'm a little uncomfortable and then all of a sudden we all lay down and there's this drum and we just Mm. heavy breathe for 45 minutes straight and I remember at the end of it feeling totally content like for the first time really maybe since I was three years old totally content like I don't need anything I don't need to check my phone I don't need to check my phone. Yeah, like that just James.
0: I felt like a sigh of relief when you said that. I don't need to check my phone, people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: I don't need to check my phone. I don't need to make out with a, a woman. Yeah. I don't need. I don't need to do anything. Mm. Like whatever it is, whatever need I thought, it's not real for me right now. And that peace and that clarity, I think, helped me really like free myself. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't need validation from women I don't need validation from my parents I don't need the validation from my clients I don't need this valid- I don't need I don't need to go eat right now I don't need that Chipotle burrito <laughs> I, seriously yeah. I don't need that burrito I don't and oh my god when I got back home to that story all of a sudden everything else was just icing on the cake mm-hmm. and it and that that embodied experience I didn't stay there but it reminded me
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think that's the beauty is is that's why it's a practice and that's why i am committed to my practices because they continually pull me back to that truth they remind me of what's true for me they bring me back home and it's cool because like i get to go out in the world and go yippee and then get take on a little conditioning then i come back home and i take the shower
0: right right,
1: with my rituals and 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 what i do on a weekly basis
0: Um, do you want to tell me a little bit about your rituals
1: oh yeah yeah (laughs) the main one is kirtan on friday night. i was
0: just looking at your shirt oh yeah
1: kirtan gang tell me what
0: i don't i've actually never even heard that word before really yeah
1: oh my gosh so it was actually my second night in bali when i went to a kirtan (laughs) Mm -hmm. and some random person who i was think like meeting up with to live with he brought me to this thing and i walk into a room and everyone is sitting there with their eyes closed, perfectly silent. There's musicians up front and their eyes are closed and they're sort of swaying and they're playing this music and it's kind of moving their hands and it's this whole vibe and I don't know what the vibe is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like,
1: it's a vibe? I just don't know what this vibe is. Mm-hmm. And I felt a little uncomfortable again. I felt totally uncomfortable and Within 30 minutes of kirtan, which is mantra chanting, mm. it's singing. It's ecstatic singing. It's sober singing, and you're repeating mantras that were created thousands of years ago that are meant to open up and connect with divine channels like in, in the inner being. So there's like a, a mantra called Hanuman Bolo, and it's all around connecting with surrender and devotion. There's a there's a, a mantra called Om Gam Ganapatiye Namaha, And that's all about connecting with courage and overcoming obstacles and realizing we're not alone in all of this. Um, So we chant, we chant, we chant, we chant. And each chant is this wave crashing of water, crashing and cleansing the body. Each invitation is another opportunity to let go of the mind and connect with that divine place in our hearts. Um, So Mm. I, by the middle of it, I was sobbing you know like <laughs> yeah. so i get it i'm like yeah, i don't know sometimes why. the gates <laughs> just open it's <laughs> so beautiful i love mm-hmm. crying when i have no idea why because there's so much going on underneath my consciousness like i don't want to just play in consciousness because there's so much more ah oh, same yeah but am i willing to allow the unknown thing to play with me am i am i going to build intimacy with the unknown right yeah um so kirtan um basically i was obsessed with it i went three times a week i was the kirtan obsessed person in Bali everyone knew it and I came back home and I before I left I told the guy Ruzbe, I'm like Ruzbe, I'm gonna take this back to America he's like you need to fucking do that yeah so I I got invited by my dear friend Jess to host actually today literally is the two-year anniversary of that night Mm -hmm. and then now we do it every single Friday here in St. Pete So that's yeah. something I can attend. Yeah, it's free. Oh, it's free. definitely attend. Awesome. A lot of driftwood peeps like, come. Like,
0: even you just talking about it, I kind of felt like, <laughs> I'm telling you, like, it whatever sacred, your vibe is, sure. vibe is, is definitely, like, cleansing and high, and, like, I like, well, obviously, but. Um, yeah, so it's powerful. You keep saying sober, and I remembered when you said that, mm-hmm. talking to Evan, that you're sober now? I,
1: yeah, I am. I, I, I like, I'm, like, always wondering what to call it. You know, mm-hmm. what do I want that word, that story to be? Um, but yeah, I stopped all drugs, alcohol in November of 2015.
0: Was So uh, I'm not going to ask you. I do have a lot of followers that are in the sober community because mm-hmm. for two and a half years I was sober myself and mm. until I moved here. Um, not necessarily because I had a problem, but I really just wanted to clear my mind and really focus yeah, on my work my and go a little deeper. And I also didn't like who I was being when I was on a substance mm-hmm. and when I did more work, I, I still don't do like drink or anything often, but uh, it, it just felt better after I did the work. It wasn't, it didn't feel as bad to me, but um, what made you or what made you do that? Was there like a, a reason or?
1: I feel like it's interesting because a story I used to tell myself um, was I'm going to be the first man on Mars. Yeah.
0: That's and nice. <laughs> that made me smile. <laughs> I <was> like, cool. <laughs> and this is middle school. Mm-hmm. I
1: went to space camp. I was gung ho. I was gonna go to University of Florida and be an aerospace engineer. Cool. The whole deal. I was like, I'm on a path to the moon and beyond, essentially. And in tenth grade I got fed essentially a smeared off ice or Mike's Hard lemonade or mm-hmm. something. I discovered the nature of alcohol and how it was exciting and it opened up possibility and it felt fun and and I discovered uh, relating with women, and I, and I discovered alcohol. And basically, from 16 until 24, I went very hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I think with with um, with alcohol specifically, and I probably drank to the point of extreme inebriation five or six, six nights a week
0: mm, yes.
1: um i mean in high school it was definitely at least friday and saturday
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we we did it you know we went in we went hard and in college it was five or six nights a week and i just remember being bad at math all of a sudden <laughs> when i used to be i was in a math program in middle school <laughs> all of a sudden i could barely like do semi-complex multiplication. What is happening to my brain interesting what is happening to my life and you know I was still me I was still you know the, the the counselor for all my friends essentially like the therapist for all my friends still like the deep person always like wanting to explore things and go deep and I was still in leadership and my fraternity and greek life and and student uh, SGA, I still, you know, did my thing. Like there was still an underlying, like there he is. Um, but I just was felt like I was settling for a life that wasn't mm. mine. It was, hey Thomas, you're in a friend group, drinking is what everyone does. You tailgate on Saturdays, you watch football on Sundays, you go out two to three nights a week, uh, you celebrate with alcohol, and you when you go on vacations, you go with a bunch of other couples and you go to a destination and you get drunk and you do something like skiing. Um and this is life and this is how it's gonna unfold and this is these are the layers of reality that are here for you, that are available for you. Yeah. Like this is what's available for you. This is it, this is what life is like. And I felt empty. Mm-hmm. I felt so empty, but I was pushing it away because I, I didn't know there was another way. I was like, this is what's been laid out for me. Like I rose in the hierarchy socially, right? In this container, but I still never felt right. Never felt aligned, I never felt fully accepted, I never felt like fully there, even though I was around really great people overall. I love all my people. Like overall great people, it was just the environment. Something didn't feel right. Um, So I hit a breaking point in my corporate job after college you know, on this eight-year track from 16 to 24, I'm in my corporate job, and I'm just counting down the minutes for the day to end. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going from instead of just Friday and Saturday, I'm now doing Sunday Fun Day. I'm now doing Thursday Cowboy Night. I'm now <laughs> doing karaoke on Tuesdays yeah, or some right. shit. Like, <laughs> any excuse to like run away from my life because mm. it was a mediocre life that wasn't in my truth. Um, so. I hit a breaking point where I woke up in a parking garage, a janitor poking me. Mm -hmm. And I remember I ran home. I sprinted home because it was downtown Orlando when I was living downtown. I sprinted home because I didn't want to walk because if I walked, I'd have to sit with myself. I'd have to sit with my truth that I just fell asleep in a parking garage because I got so drunk because I didn't like my life. And I didn't like my life because it wasn't true. It wasn't fully aligned with who I am. So then it was like maybe a month or two later, I just said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not drink for a week. I'm just going to try it on. So I'm really grateful that that happened because it got me to that point of just try it just for a second. See if there's another way. See if there's another life for you. And within that week, I quit my job. Uh, within that seven days, I quit my job immediately on the spot. I joined a co-working space two days later. Um, I've never drinking an alcohol again since that day. And it's my whole life changed. I went right into the entrepreneurial space. I went right into tech world. And from there, that led to the heart world. And from there, that led to more of a spiritual path. And it got me to where I am today. So I feel like I'm back in my home story of like, I'm in my truth. It's like middle school space camp Thomas <laughs> Yes, is here. Mm-hmm. And they're rooting me
0: on in the other room. They are. They're typically very noisy here sometimes yeah um i love the way that you just described that because i feel like so many people feel that way and oftentimes when i speak about it it's in the lgbtq plus space because Mm. a lot of times what i was doing i was doing the same thing like partying six seven nights a week getting and i'm little and like the only thing that i felt like i had to be proud of was how much i could drink at how small i am (laughs) do you know what i mean like that was was a
1: layer of reality that was present right
0: to and right. that's but that's how everyone was and I had like a similar moment where I just wasn't fulfilled and I the reason I was doing that was because I didn't like myself and like uh somehow I hit my lowest point and um I asked a friend to help me and she took me to the gym and I got really focused on that I really wanted to change my body for outside reasons, right. but very quickly, and that's why I didn't it drink. It seems like a gateway drug, though, for you. Yeah, so mm-hmm. very quickly I realized this, I don't care if my body's changing. The inside and my mind and the things that are changing, that's mm. so much better. But yeah, I think so many people just go through, and I and I say that in the LGBTQ plus space, but then in Boston it's a thing, and like I'm, I'm thinking, no, Jamie, it's everywhere. It's like
1: humans. Yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Or America. It,
1: it's more acutely aware for certain groups, I think. Like I can totally imagine... Um, being in a world where that's not the norm, constantly faced with contrast of like, well, maybe the way I want to live isn't, that's not a possibility for me. Or maybe I don't even know that that there's another way to live because you're so presented with a majority culture. Right? Like what I'm seeing is this. So I didn't know there was a conscious community. I didn't know there was sober people who wanted to dance and sing. I didn't know there was people who wanted to connect with the heart and live free of judgment and Being in curiosity, even with the people who hate them, like I didn't know that was real, so I had to flip. Like it was like you getting into the gym, I had to get into the co-working space, and that led me more. And that was a it was a journey of more and more truth, more and more alignment. And it sounds like you've been on a similar journey. Is like chapter by chapter. Like where did the gym take you next?
0: It took me to personal growth. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then
1: where is that taking you? You it's know?
0: yeah, reprogram like learning about the brain and the different like so to you basically to hear exactly yeah it's
1: did you think this conversation was possible you know when you were partying six nights a week like, I wouldn't this even, moment right I
0: now? wouldn't even have looked up at you I wouldn't have meant I wouldn't even look at a person walking by me because I hated myself so much I assumed what they thought of me was mm, what I was thinking of myself the stories yeah it was bad like and that's but that's the whole purpose of this and why I do this is mm. because. I couldn't imagine the rest of my life that way. It, I was like, if, if this is going to be me and this is my personality, which I thought it was because I wasn't home yet, mm. you know, um, I was like, I don't want to live. And so I, the, the choice was take your life, which I wouldn't do because of my family, mm. or make a freaking change. And mm. the only thing I knew to do at the time was, all right, go work out and eat right.
1: It was a change, though, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's, it was a pattern around. That led yes. to a beautiful journey. Oh, I call it the amazing. great unfolding. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's going to get pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm.
1: And I, I just think it's it's really inspiring that that you actually did something with that moment, right? Because like mm-hmm. that low moment, like what did I do with my moment? I, I, I went out for that month before I stopped drinking. I went out and I just had a beer and all my friends were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you know, just experiment, just do my thing. And I'm just that 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 turning point, though. Hallelujah, you know. It's easy in the moment. It's like this is the worst fucking thing ever, but on the back end, it's like, oh my god,
0: yeah,
1: oh my god, I'm so grateful.
0: So let me ask you a question because I feel sometimes that that moment for me, because there's so many people that are presented with that moment and they don't take the path that we did. Um, and constantly, I tell myself like, or when people say, "Well, what was the shift? What happened?" I'm like divine intervention, the grace of God, I don't know, but it was a gift like, mm. that I was given that now I need to go and share this with everybody else and inspire them to do that as well. Do you feel like maybe even before you were born on this earth that that purpose was within you?
1: You know, nice transition to purpose. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, when it comes to my beliefs, I would consider myself deeply spiritual deeply more and more connecting with every layer of the universe and feeling an intimate relationship with every layer of the universe known and beyond comprehension. Um, And I know that that's my relationship with it. And so I don't really know what happened before I was here. What happened, what's going to happen after I'm here. I don't know what's going to happen to other people. And I just don't know, like more and more, I just believe less and less, and I just experience the mm-hmm. miracle. I'm just like I'm just here. I'm not, and I this is hit me, maybe like five years ago. I was like I'm no longer seeking the truth. I'm just here to experience the truth, mm-hmm. for me. I'm not looking for answers anymore. So to that, when you ask me a question like that, I'm like, I gave up on that a long time ago. Daily. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't, I I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't. Um and when it comes to people who haven't had that breaking point yet or that turning point yet it's gotten to the point for me where i just see like more pain is needed you know yeah and you know i think about my dear brother genius athlete also all county athlete just he he was an incredible brother raised me protected me let me hang out with his friends help me do better in athletics help me like wear cooler clothes. Mm. He was a hero in my life. And to see, and he ended up turning down extreme alcoholism. Extreme alcoholism. And he was caught in a rut for about 10 years. And a lot of that rut was he was in a comfortable environment.
0: Mm. So
1: a really unsustainable cycle in a really comfortable environment. So I knew because the comfortable environment would never say no. It would never leave. Mm-hmm. I knew that my brother just needed to fall to his knees to have a, a turnaround. So I just, I just, in my, in my heart, I'm like, I'm unconditionally loving everyone involved. And I'm loving my brother through what's probably going to get worse before it's get, it gets better. And it did. It got a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And now it's gotten 100,000% better. Okay. And he is back to his home. Mm-hmm he's home he's brilliant he's he's back to his self and I'm happy for him you know and I just knew I was like this is gonna get weird um because pain really is a part of of transformation and I I don't think that's true 100% for everyone I just know it's been true for me and the people I care about
0: yeah I mean they say that when you make a change it's the pain of remaining the same outweighs the pain that it takes to change that's it Yeah, and that's basically what happened. I love that. That's what happened to me. You know, I was like, I either need to end it or do something. Same. Yeah.
1: I just had an issue with I have gallstones or a gallstone, and I've been experiencing this thing where I have intense three to six hour episodes at night Mm. of immense pain, and I'm like begging it to pass, but it had to get to a point where it was the worst ever, and I had a freaking ayahuasca journey, essentially, like through a gallstone episode <laughs> yeah. and I, I had to get to a point to finally do something about it now I'm finally doing a 30-day cleanse I could have done this same thing two years ago
0: right
1: so and so I just really honor pain like you know and that's why like I don't want to live in a culture society governmental structure what have you I don't want to live in something that's preventing me from experiencing the fullness of my human life I don't want to, mm-hmm. something to say I don't want you to experience pain I don't want you to experience, like, difficulty. We're, we're going to eliminate pain and difficulty from society. I'm like, that's going to fuck up society. Right? I mean, it's gonna, it would fuck me up. I know. It, it would fuck me up. And I'm like, I don't want to live in a society where someone else is taking responsibility for the fullness of my life. I want to drop, I want to give every single person the, their ability to live out the fullness of their human experience. And including the full spectrum from the greatest joys to the deepest sorrows. And that's generally how I make decisions around group things. I'm like, that's the type of world I would want to live in. Because I I, might, you know, like I lived in environments where, oh, you can't ever feel bad. You can't ever feel sad. Mm -hmm. You can't ever feel pain. You can't ever, like, I'm going to take care of that. And it's like kind of messed me up and I had to relearn and, and find my own power my own sovereignty my own like fullness you could see in the I'm like
0: gripping yeah. and yeah. doing
1: hand things <laughs> and it, I had to learn that in another way you know so yeah I just I don't want to live in a world pain free
0: I feel like so often people run from pain they they cover it up you know um, and I used to do that as well but no, now like when I feel pain I'm like All right, lean in lean in. oh my god
1: <laughs> i did it with chipotle bowls and tequila shots
0: yeah mine was tequila yeah. and lots of <laughs> lots of weed <laughs> you right, know? right but it's like lean in man like feel the pain like that's why i told you like hey i'm going through something this week i really don't know what it is but i'm leaning in i might cry i, love that. <laughs> I love that yeah i
1: love the awareness you have around that and then the communication is just off the hook mm-hmm.
0: just because you know you the- well, we, uh, you seem very simple. To t- we seem to be on the same level in that sense, but some people get to do after warn because they'll be like, what did I do? Like, why are you crying? Oh, they start taking it as
1: something that they... <laughs> We're just
0: like, what's... Re- you know, it, yeah. it's the whole... Classic. So the co-working space, you quit your job. Yeah. And, but a co-working space, people just show up there and they do their own work, right?
1: <sighs> Not this one.
0: Okay. Tell so, me a little bit oh about that. Oh, my gosh.
1: So the reason I saw another way... It's because my dear friend Brent was an entrepreneur and he was in a program called Starter Studio. It was a tech accelerator for like tech startups. Mm-hmm. And I showed up as a member of my old job, which was tech recruiting. I showed up and watched him and I'm in my like, you know, little get up. And I'm like, and I'm an outsider in this place. And I'm watching him speak on stage and pitch his company. And I felt, I was like, this is home. Where I'm at is not home. Love all these people to death, by the way. still have good friends, mm-hmm. but this is home. Why am I not here? Why am I dressed up differently than everyone in this room? And that was like the first spark. Then I had dinner with him a few weeks later, and he was like, dude, you can go for it. Like, I support <laughs> you. And that led me to like the, the quitting of the job. So when I joined that co working space, it was the same dear friend, Brent, who I'm actually the best man at his wedding nice. uh, in a couple months. Very mm-hmm. excited. Um, he, it was that same accelerator. And that same friend, he brought me to the co-working space. I showed up, and I'm like, "Get me a desk, people! Like, I'm here. I'm ready." Mm-hmm. It I was a return of Thomas. It was like the return, and I, I had to get. I got rid of cigars. I got rid of marijuana. I got rid of alcohol, and I was like, "I'm back. I'm back to Space Camp, Thomas." Then there, the next round of applications for the Starter Studio came. I got in. I was a part of this nine-company cohort. And then I became a mentor in the program for a couple of years after that. So I was a part of this booming community of people who were focused on purpose and building businesses and making scalable uh, differences for those they want to serve. And that led me to the whole, really just the whole chakra system just blowing Mm. up in the best way. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: So were you paid? Like, or did you just have money saved? Like, what was going on? Oh, I
1: run out of money fast. Okay, And I think... Yeah, I ran out of money really fast. I got investments to build this application for 50 grand. And I didn't know anything about business, so the whole thing crumbled. And I, I had to ask my parents for support for like mm-hmm. a year and a half. And it was extremely disempowering. And that's one of the things why I talk about what I talk about. I'm like, that was the worst. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I felt horrible the whole time. Um, in in that. I felt very disempowered. And so I actually eventually cut myself off and like created a financial cliff for myself. And I'm so glad I did. Mm. I'm so glad because I like rose up, rose up. Every time I have this financial cliff, I become the person who can hold what he needs to hold to, to make it. Like every single time I create that for myself. I just had that in my business in December. Like we went from balling out all year, having the biggest year of our life, we have all this money in our account, whatever, then all of a sudden, the way the business model lined up and investment didn't work out, all this stuff. Mm. Well, I'm telling my team members, I'm like, I don't know if January is going to work for us. And I had created a pact with myself to not ask anyone for anything other than those I serve. So we figured it out. Yeah. We made like 30 grand and then we made like 33. And then so, but I became so much more because I just allowed myself to rise, to, to fill that space and I'm so so glad. Mm, I, I love that. Yeah.
0: I think a lot of people would be scared and get stuck in this place because they're too scared to quit their job.
1: Yeah, it's a cycle. And I get it. I don't think people have to do anything. Right. Like, stay. It's cool. But the pain thing, like is this okay? Is this life okay? Is it okay like looking back that you stayed here, you know, for security? Right. Like and that's fine. Like it depends what our values are, you know, and <laughs> Are those lining up here? And if they are, that's awesome. I don't like the whole, like, oh, you have to quit your job, or, like, you're just, you know, conforming to the man. Yeah,
0: no. No,
1: like, do whatever you want. If you like that, if that want. works for
0: you, awesome.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I just know the unknown's a good time. We call it the field of possibility. Yeah. You know, I, it, you know, Rumi has this amazing quote, out beyond the ideas of right-doing and wrong-doing, there's a field, I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. And that's what I love. I feel like he's talking about going beyond judgment, going beyond analytics, going beyond right or wrong, left or right, up or down. Mm -hmm. Just play in the field. Nothing can go wrong in the field. So what does the field look like for me today? You know? And that's the question. What What does the field look like for me today? If I'm playing, if there's no right or wrong, and I'm not horrified of uncertainty and insecurity, I'm not horrified of this, like, what does today look like? Yeah. It's a pretty powerful question, it is, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like freaking out. It's
0: good. Uh, I like that. I don't know why this just came up in my mind to share with you, but when I talk to people and maybe they're feeling because one of the things I do is help people coach people to break through their limiting beliefs, gain some confidence. And I just started my own coaching journey in July, like, I've been coaching, but started my own business
1: kind of if you have a knack for it and now you're making it like
0: making it a business but still at the beginning stages um but instead of you know people talk often about affirmations and instead asking yourself a powerful question because the brain hates unanswered questions Mm -hmm. and so for people i wrote this I'm, i'm making a workbook each morning like a you know morning reflection and it today i talked about worthy and that word comes up a lot because when people are struggling with limiting beliefs ultimately you may not realize that you don't feel worthy but ultimately that is what it is for whatever happened in your childhood maybe yeah conditional your love was given to you it was under conditions and um so instead of saying i am worthy or i am this it's why am i worthy because then your brain just continuously searches for answers even when you're not paying attention anymore your subconscious is like well why am i worthy mm. and it answers that question the for mind's you. still playing with that yeah yeah, I don't know why I got on that, but <laughs> whatever you. Oh, because you oh, asked that question, powerful question. question.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so what I love is so actually, my business partner, Alexandria Gresta, has a TED talk called yeah. Things Don't Take Time, They Take Courage. And the whole concept is when we ask new questions, it creates new beliefs, new ideas, mm-hmm. and new behaviors, new actions. And it's this whole idea of like, we think about the moon and NASA, right? John F. Kennedy was like, we're going to do it by the end of the decade. Or I think he said decade or some
0: yeah.
1: shit, right? <laughs> yeah. I feel like how he said
0: it. <laughs> well, he's from Boston. Oh, is that a thing? I, I don't oh. know. We, I would say decade. But... Got it. <laughs>
1: Anywho, so he basically asked a new question. He said, can, can we get to the moon Right. in the next nine years or so? And how can we get to the moon in the next nine years? So all of a sudden, the mind is presented with a new question, and the mind likes to deliver a plan. Yeah. So, like, for example, if I was like, "Can I rake up all the leaves in the yard in, in within today?" If I ask that question, my mind is going to create a plan to get mm. that done today. What if I was like, "Can I do it in a, under a minute flat?" My mind starts creating a new plan. Right. Right. It starts saying, "Well, I'm going to need a, a few vacuums. I'm going to need a whole team, I, but I can get yeah. it done." You know, so the whole idea is like things don't take time, it's just about the questions we ask. So with John F. Kennedy, that was supposed to happen in like 2005. Mm-hmm. You know, back in 1960, they they didn't even know what mode of transportation would get them to the moon. Right. But they because John F. Kennedy boldly asked a new question. He said, "Can we live in a world where going to the moon can happen in the next 9 years? Is that possible? And if so, how can we do it?" He gave this amazing gift, this invitation to a bunch of people who care about something—they right. care about space exploration, they care about the, the safety of the planet, whatever it was—he handed them something, and their brains started going, and their brains started thinking new thoughts and doing new things, and they got there in nine years. So that—that's mm-hmm. the whole, the whole idea is when we, when I can present a new question, the mind will create a new plan, right. and the plan will create new actions. So that's how I basically, like, reverse engineer everything. That's how Elon Musk yeah. thinks. I mean, he said, look at him. how do we do this? What will it take, engineering-wise, to get to to do a refuelable freaking rocket that lands back on Earth in the next two years? And they reverse engineer from that place. So I'm a big fan of questions. I also yeah. just think they're amazing, like, expansive blossoms of possibility. They, like, activate the imagination. They... They create all this beautiful, like juicy context for intimacy and connection with mm. others. Like questions are my thing. Yeah, you know?
0: and nice. it will. And when you ask questions of people and help them to find, you might know the answer, but you're asking the question. When when you find it yourself, it's way more powerful than if somebody tells you because your wall goes up. Oh, um, the answer is this, um, and you're like, all right. But it, you ask powerful questions, oh my God. and like the move, the shift that can happen within somebody. Oh
1: my god, well that's that's the whole idea versus an embodied experience versus just telling someone something. Mm. That's why for me everything's about embodied experiences. Like I don't want to tell anyone anything anymore. I'm not here to like all I'm here to do, people in the microphone, like right. go have experiences. Try it on. And that's if it works, great. If it doesn't, throw it out. You know, I don't think there is something I'm telling anyone that's inherently true. It's just my experiences in my arena that they can try on for themselves, that you can try on. I'm going to try on some shit too, you know, and and, and that's what it's about. Like, I want to live in a world where everyone's just invited to have their own experience. At Kirtan, you know, some Kirtans, because it is based in Hinduism, it can be very much rooted in Hinduism. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is a Hindu experience, like, we're only doing this and that, mm-hmm. and whatever. Every single time, like my, the purpose of, of course I created purpose and values for Kirtan Gang. Mm -hmm. The purpose of Kirtan Gang is to invite people into having a personal journey into their heart space. It's not about me telling them what the heart space is or how to get there or what that's like or what that can do for society. I I don't know, (laughs) but all I'm doing is helping them have their own personal experience. And then my values are sacred, silly, safe, and sober. So if they want to be in a container that's sacred, silly, safe, and sober, and they want to have their own personal journey and not be told what's right and wrong, what's true and not, this
0: is for them, um, so. I'm excited to go to this, first yeah, of all. <laughs> tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm in, I'm totally, I, I will show up 100%. Yeah, Bob's going the whole Yeah, day. that's cool. Um, yeah, so, whoa, now I'm like, where do we go from here? Um, well, one thing is, your, is it your business partner? The yeah. woman that you mentioned? Um, I was looking at your website last night, and. Uh, one of my goals is a TED Talk, but I don't know what I would speak on yet. Oh, so getting I'm sp- down
1: the big idea. Yeah, I'm just yeah. like, my,
0: my wheels are turning. It always has been, actually, for like the past 10 years.
1: Okay, well, a question I can ask you yeah. is, what's the one thing you know that no one's talking about? I don't
0: know. The one thing. That no one's talking about? No
1: one's talking about it. This one thing that you seem to, you seem to have a grip on.
0: I actually have an answer right now.
1: I know. <laughs> Tell me.
0: Well, what I talked about a little earlier is, um, the space, the LGBTQ plus space, and what happens, um, when people, you know, are introduced into that space. Uh, you know, you come out, and then, uh, where people feel like there's no space like this. There, there's no space for personal growth. And that, ten years ago, I'm, I'm like, we need to create this. Why is this a thing? Is it only within this community? And I was like, oh, but well, somebody will do it eventually. And now here I am, ten years later, mm. and nothing. Is still there. You're either a frat boy and I, you know, whether you're male <laughs> or female, you're a frat boy for uh, life. It's,
1: a, it's an energy. Yeah. I got it.
0: Or you, um, find your partner, you kind of seclude yourself and, and move away. And then either you're gone forever or you get divorced and then you're back in the frat boy. But there is no space of like, Hey, I'm in, this is who I am. It's a, it's a piece of who I am, but Um, let's explore personal growth, let's explore this pain that clearly a lot of us have felt because we couldn't be ourselves for a long time. Um, And, you know, instead people cover it up with alcohol and drugs and stuff like that. But there is no, this space doesn't necessarily live there. And to just explore that and maybe talk about that.
1: I mean, there's so much, it's so dynamite. Because it's taking this idea of like this group that has been victimized, feels like they're victims. And you're you're embodied and you're experiencing the, how they're the bypassing and the destructive nature of like not wanting to face all of that and take ownership for it. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it wasn't their like fault that it happened. It's like, right. you know, do, what do they want to do now? And you're mixing that with like this message of empowerment and ownership and like let's move forward and let's like live like in our truth. There's a lot there in that dynamic. And that's mm. one of our things in our TED Talk. Like, we have a TEDx accelerator. We help. I one of the that. things she does is help I people get that. TED Talks. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all about creating like a polarity, but staying out of judgment. So, she just said it's something about, that it's a sparked
0: dance. something new in my head. If I don't get dance. it, I don't know if I will. Get, hit it, hit the hit interesting it. part of that is because a lot of times I'm coming from a place of I'm 39 years old. So, when I was 18, it wasn't cool to be gay. You know, You it wasn't legal to get married and all of the things. But now so much right. has shifted and changed in society. Totally. And you can see on TikTok, and it's a lot simpler for people. And there's different struggles that they're fighting with now. But I think that even though they don't necessarily deal, and some do, but with the same struggles we did, the alcohol, the partying, that was passed down. Mm. Even though they don't have that same experience that we had. Um, no, isn't that is, crazy? This is really. <laughs> this
1: is it's like the next phase of the healing journey. Yeah, you know, I like first it's it's acting out. It's like it's 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 getting it out, right? Like this happened, and I I don't know how to cope with it, and it's fucked up. Right, I get that, and you're saying there's this next layer, and yeah. it doesn't need to involve some of those other
0: things. Yeah, because they're not necessarily experiencing that. Like sure you know, people are like, this is happening in society. Yeah, I feel that. But not in the same way that it was for us. Like, people are, it's a lot, you know, look at, everyone has their pronouns in their bio, bio and stuff like that. Like, that wasn't even a, you know, but somehow that party, like, part of the culture is still there. So was that handed down? You know, are they, learn? is that something they've learned that we're handing down and now we need to break this cycle?
1: This is sexy. <laughs> I'm yeah. serious. Like, so I, I just, I think in terms of like, sexy big ideas Mm. and i just like and the fact that you're embodied you're not talking at anyone you're like this is my experience this is what i always wanted this is the path forward this is like the next evolution of this of us moving forward and like healing through everything that's happened in the past um there's a lot there
0: like generational traumas that you know Absolutely. Well, it's kind of like,
1: I mean, it's like men who went away to war and they were coping with alcohol or women who were, you know, stuck in marriages they couldn't get out of. So they coped with medication, Mm -hmm. right? Like that unfair, like the treatment there, this is the same thing. It's like, okay, well now men don't have to go to war. Now women can do more of what they want. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so you're saying now we're transitioning. Now it's time to build like the infrastructure for the next stage of of your yeah. people
0: break the fucking cycle that's incredible, <laughs> that's incredible. yeah I'm, yeah I, I'm, so i guess that would be something i was intrigued about there we go so <laughs> yeah i have
1: a, a really tight niche and
0: focus right there and do some research around because i'm out of that scene so like you well, know it seems like
1: that could be a big part of your branding in general
0: mm-hmm. oh you, it is because i'm trying to create that space no and i don't only want yeah, yeah. to be stuck in the box. yeah i don't want to be stuck in A box of like oh i'm only for this community
1: so here's the secret to that here's how you stay out of that so you can embrace it and stay out of the box by making sure everything you're talking about
0: can be is an
1: arena that can be applied to everything so like what you're experiencing and you said this earlier like it is simply an arena that's very it's very like acutely away it's very easy to see you know like what happened the the mistreatments the the weird rules mm. the 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 parents judgment it's very, it's just very acutely obvious yeah and and intense so it's it's a really it's a great it's a great arena to like it's a metaphor for what the other people are struggling with in different ways yeah so you can really make this a part of your brand just keep it always keep it tying it tying it to something much bigger and you'll never have that problem
0: right yeah that's it's exciting. like I figured
1: it out in the hardest place to figure mm-hmm. it out. Now I can definitely figure it out for you. Yeah. You see what I'm saying?
0: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also just had a thought that like when we're when we're done with this, you'll be able to see the sunset from up here. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, happy about that. So I don't want to take too much of your time, um, but I do have a question that I normally ask, and ugh, I. Honestly, you were talking earlier and I didn't want to interrupt you, but I'm like, I want to switch the question up for him and now I forgot what I was going to switch it up for you. But normally I would ask somebody, um, if you could go back and give your childhood self some advice, not warn them about things or change anything, but maybe just some advice. um, What would you say to your childhood self? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear for me. I I think it's love over judgment. You know, that classic, like deeply true, like root. Um, I think I used to think there was an either or. Like, Mm. I had to find the truth. I had to find the right and the wrong. And there was a right and there was a wrong. And I think in my fraternity life, as a leader in fraternity life, there were some people doing things that were putting us in jeopardy, getting us in trouble. And I put them on the other side. Mm. And I said, You're wrong. I'm right. And my subconscious is, I'm better. Yes. Right? Ego. Ego. The ego came in, and basically they said, fuck you. I don't <laughs> yeah. trust you. I'm not going to follow you, and I'm going to bring you down. And very, you know, minority amount of people, but it, my leadership was stranglehold. It, my leadership could only go as high as my ability to love and not judge. And I luckily had an amazing partner a few years ago named jenny joy and she invited me into the world of the heart space the both and that Rumi quote i told you earlier Mm -hmm. she showed me that Rumi quote and that changed my life she just kept she lived and embodied the both and that was just how she that was her lens on the world she lived the field so i just kept going i don't have to pick a side because I've always felt so much tension with picking a side. never felt right. never felt like a line for me. Um, but I always thought I had to. And I know if I if I could have just kept my heart open more to people who did things I didn't like or put, our, put whatever I liked in jeopardy, we could have had deep, intimate relationships, friendships, and we could have done a lot more together. Mm. And I was just, you know, I was young, but... <laughs> I tell you, man, that piece of advice, that embodied, really it wasn't even a piece of advice. It was an embodied way of living I was introduced to. Has changed my life. I approach everything differently.
0: So intriguing. Yeah. (laughs) Is there anything that you want to share before we sign off? Maybe somebody listening um, that didn't have their five-year-old moment and maybe they're, as an adult, you you know, was it James Brown?
1: James Brown I feel good I'm pretty sure
0: anything you could maybe share or say to somebody like that yeah
1: I guess my thought is if it seems like more darkness is coming let it you know people i have been around that are very close to me um, have been letting like resisting oh no this is just how my life's gonna be and just to let it come through. Um, when I came back from Bali for two weeks, I was deeply depressed and I was like, mm. what's the point of life? This is what, what's the point of this? Why am I here? What is life? Like, I, I guess I'm just gonna be sad forever. And then I realized, I'm like, I'm just gonna be with this. I'm gonna sit on the couch and we're gonna hang out. And I let it, and I remember one day I was in the car I swear the fucking clouds parted and I was just like and there was a restoration in me and every single time I'm on my knees is like it, it, it's, it's a turning point, a grander story and sometimes the dark side of the story just hasn't fully played mm-hmm. out yet and yes. this is Mr. Avoid negativity, Mr. Avoid pain, I'm always good, I'm always that was the story I used to live was avoid the dark side and the more I've embraced the darkness, the more my life has become more full, mm-hmm. the better my relationships with friends, lovers, family. I just, the more I just embrace the fullness of this. I know I have a fuck ton of blind spots with what I'm saying, but this is my experience. Um, it's just be with it. You know, I think about the our hero's journey. The, like when I think about why do I even go to movies? Why do I like movies? Mm. Because it's someone going on a journey where they're special and unique maybe they don't see it they have a quick rise and then a deep deep fall they give up on life they hit a turning breaking point and then something happens and then they end up just realizing it's all about love and being loved for other people yeah. and it's like why else do i go to movies i don't know you know it's to yeah. the fullness the fullness of this like people on in total uncertainty like the the most exciting movies are like people are in total uncertainty they've jumped off a financial cliff Mm -hmm. they've jumped off a real cliff they're doing something that seems impossible they feel like there's no hope for them it's all over the person they loved is you know left them whatever it is it's like aren't those the best movies yeah so it's just you know stepping into a grander story
0: The best stories. That's what movies are. The stories. Yeah. A grander tale. There's a
1: grander tale beyond this moment. Um, Yeah. And then also like whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know? That's that's my ending statement. Like whatever. whatever. (laughs) It's it's life. I open my eyes and I'm burst into this room. And that's cool enough.
0: Yeah. I love that. Well, on that note, um, Thomas Purpose... Now I already forgot your last name. Oh, Waterford. <laughs> Waterman. Waterman. Because it's just Thomas Purpose, but Thomas Waterman. Yeah, Thomas Purpose. A.K.A. Purpose. Yeah. All right, guys. That was an incredible conversation. The vibe, his mood, everything. I loved it so much. Um, Thomas Purpose Waterman. You can find him on Instagram at Thomas is human. And um, you can also find his company over at purpose, well, at on Instagram, at Purpose Pioneers. So we'll be back again soon. I hope that you enjoyed that one. Let us know if you did. And yeah, um, until next time.